Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Digital World with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. Importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo and help your organization move forward in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely in the right place. Today's buzz, so what? What is she talking about? Big data. Big data may not be a new concept, but with 90% of the world's data created in the past 24 months, let me say that again. You may not believe it. 90% of the world's data created in the past 24 months. It's a challenge and an opportunity whose time has now come. Let's talk about telcos. You may say telco. You may say telecom, potato, patata, same thing. With the traditional telco industry shaken up by disruption and consolidation in our digital economy, it's time to explore how real innovation is happening by harnessing the power of all that data we're talking about across the enterprise. Where can innovation happen? Where is it the most ripe for being optimized? Well, Hot topic. Think about fraud prevention. Mm-hmm. Think about revenue leakage. You don't want the money going out after you brought it in. Think about predicting customer trends. Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if you knew what the customer wanted before they even know what they want? Uh-huh. And think about informed network planning. Yep, you have a big network. You want to plan it well. You want to deal with your suppliers. You want to deal with your ecosystem, all of that good stuff. So, Question on the table today is how big can big data really be for telcos or telecoms, whatever your pleasure is. I have a panel of three experts who are going to help us figure this all out. Let me just tell you who they are briefly. We have Justin Vanderland. His last name is L-A-N-D-E. He's a principal analyst and he heads up the analytics and customer experience practices at Analysis Mason. He's going to be joined on the show by Sanjay Kumar, coming back to us after a long time, who leads the global telecom practice at Horton Works. And they are going to be joined by another newcomer. She is Christina Giraud, a technology and business anal- evangelist, a chief solution expert at SAP and the global lead for big data in telecom at SAP. That's why she's on the show. So first up, let me welcome our first guest. He is Justin Vanderland. As I say, he's with Analysis Mason. And Justin has selected a wonderful opening quote from Jeffrey Moore. I didn't know who Jeffrey Moore was, so I did a little research. He's a management consultant and author of Crossing the Chasm. And the full name of the book is Crossing the Chasm, Marketing and Selling High-Tech Products to Mainstream Customers. And one of Moore's key insights is that one progresses through the technology adoption lifecycle used as a model for high-tech marketing. There is a credibility gap that occurs in trying to move on through the adoption segments. And he's got early marketers. He's got early adopters. He's got visionaries. He's got early pragmatists. Very interesting concept. Here is the quote Justin has selected. Without big data, you are blind and deaf in the middle of a freeway, obviously where we do not want to be. Justin Vanderland, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for joining us. Justin, talk to me. You a big fan of Jeffrey Moore? Tell me what he means to you, and how does this quote apply to our topic of big data? What does it mean for telcos? 
Well, it's uh, pretty important. Jeff Moore, those that know him, um, uh, I guess he's the sort of definitive uh, guy who's defined how uh, high-tech companies come to market and, uh, and indeed where they fail. That's what the chasm's all about and crossing it. Um, and it's sort of a, a central reading for anybody really in the high-tech business. I'm quite sure that there's many people out there who've studied his, uh, his works and theories um, over the years. Um, I've gone, gone through and tried to execute it, and I'm quite sure there's a bunch of guys out there trying to do the same thing. So he is kind of the, uh, the godfather for all this sort of uh, thinking really about the high-tech business. Uh, this particular quote, well, it's, you know, he, he's sort of thinking about big data and has been for a few years as well. And clearly, uh, the most important thing, I think, really here is to understand that, you know, you need to know as much as you can about uh, what's going on within your business. Telecoms is no different. Um, mm-hmm. and telecoms is probably one of those businesses which generates more data than virtually any other kind of industry on the market space. So uh, gathering all that data, using it internally uh, to figure out how to optimize what you, uh, what you do with your customers, how you optimize your processes, and indeed what sort of uh, offerings you give them are absolutely essential. Um, so hence this sort of quote in the sense that if you don't look at all that data that's flowing through your, your networks and, uh, and, and people's usage patterns, you're going to be blind to what's going on. And uh, it's a dangerous place to be. And, uh, well, I can't sort of discuss this later on, but effectively, you know, without this sort of insight and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and analysis of this data, you're going to be at a massive disadvantage uh, against your competitors, who, of course, will be working all this, this data into their, their processes and systems. Thank you, Justin. Very interesting start to our topic. And you said something that was very provocative for me. You said that telco, and we, are we calling them telco or telecoms? What's your preference for our topic today? What do you like Let's to call, call them? Telcos. Make, make it telco. Easy. I like that a lot. Thank you very much. Make my job a little easier. Telcos. You said telcos are generating more data than most other industries. Briefly, why is that? Well, uh, unlike other industries who you normally have a single interaction with, uh, telecoms essentially uh, are constantly, if you're on a phone call like we all are now, we gather up information about how you use stuff. And, of course, as we go online, as we increasingly go online, every single transaction uh, that uh, we, we, we do and take and go to on the web, etc., all that information can be gathered up within, uh, within operators. They have to go across the network. And uh, essentially... Um, this sort of data uh, it can, be, uh, can be used uh, and help uh, telcos themselves to, uh, to come up with better processes and plans as to, to dealing with us. But also, uh, and there's a start of a sort of a, a process, if you like, that's going on within telcos, they can use that same data to help third parties do a better job in the same way we're all familiar with uh, Google and all the, uh, the guys who use our, our own data against us or <laughs> with us. Um, it's the same sort of scenario as well. Telcos actually probably have a more comprehensive view of to what's going on with each one of us as we go online. So that's what I was uh, talking about then. Thank you very much, Justin. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for joining us. And now let's move to our second panelist. He's been on with us before, I think, on a different series. It's Sanjay Kumar, who leads the global telecom practice at Hortonworks. Sanjay has sent me an interesting quote from the music world. Uh, if I sing it, I hope nobody hangs up. I've looked at life from both sides now. From up, now I'll read. From up and down and still somehow, it's life's illusions I recall. I really don't know life at all. That was a little music quiz for our listeners. I remember that. 
that song, both sides now being sung by the wonderful Judy Collins. But in fact, it was written by Joni Mitchell on her Both Sides Now 2000 album and song. And there were some awards for this. This album won uh, Grammy Awards in 2001 for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album and for the song Best Instrumental Arrangement Accompanying Vocalists and all kinds of interesting stuff around it. It was released in a chocolate box packaging for Valentine's Day on February 8th, 2000 with lithographs of original Joni Mitchell paintings. I'll stop there. Sanjay Kumar, welcome back. How have you been? Hi, Bonnie. I've been great. Thanks for having me back. Oh, we're delighted. I love the quote. Now, tell me, I'm trying to draw the link from, we've just talked to Justin Vanderland at Analysis Mason about big data and how much huge amounts of data are being generated by telcos. And here you're taking me back in time to both sides now with Joni Mitchell's song. So why don't you tell us how does this quote relate to our topic? Sanjay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's, you know, there's a personal side. So, you know, as I'm getting older, as you mentioned, this is an older song, you do realize that some of the assumptions and absolute understandings that you had were wrong or the perspectives have changed over time. And uh, I like the idea that we're really relearning everything every day without those assumptions. And how it's really kind of um, having an impact on our topic today and the industry as a whole is, you know, we have been building these models, these processes and actions based on a lot of the speculations, assumptions, and, you know, sample data. And in many cases, as we actually look at the full amount of data, um, we realize that a lot of those assumptions have to be reworked or redefined. And really how we start building kind of models to execute will continue to uh, change as we start seeing, you know, this variations and activities out of the data that we're, we're capturing. So that's how I see it really being relevant to our topic today. Thank you. Sanjay, are you a big fan of Joni Mitchell and or Judy Collins? Is this mu- You look kind of young. Is this music from your era or is this something you heard about? Uh, no, no I, I, I love the song and I, I hear it from the Judy Collins version. Um, so uh, it's, it's, a, it's not necessarily one that I heard when it first came out, but it is one that uh, you know, has always stayed with me throughout the years. Well, interestingly enough, I, you know, I research all of the quotes my panelists send me. I love the quotes. I learn so much when I do it. I looked up and found out the data about information about Joni Mitchell, Both Sides Now, the award-winning album, blah, blah, blah. And in the middle of the night, Sanjay, I'm not kidding you, the next night, the middle of the night, I woke up, sat up in bed and said, that's not, that's not Joni Mitchell, that's Judy Collins. And I made a mental note to go back to sleep and wake up and look it up. And sure enough, it was performed by, yeah, I know, the impact of music. Very, very interesting. Thank you for that. Really appreciate it. And uh, now let's go back to our, th- our panelist. Our third panelist is also a newcomer to Game Changer. She's Christina Giraud, G-I-R-A-U-D. And as I mentioned, she's a technology and business evangelist, global lead for big data in telecom at SAP. And she has sent me a quote from the Chinese philosopher, and his name is spelled so many ways. We'll just say Leo Chu, T-Z-U, but he's also spelled... L-A-O-Z-I is one word, he, which his name means old master. He was an ancient Chinese philosopher and writer known as the reputed author of the Tao Te Ching and the founder of philosophical Taoism and as a deity in religious Taoism and traditional Chinese religions uh, throughout history. His work has been embraced by, get this, various anti-authoritarian movements. So there, not just a philosopher, but he went against the grain. Here is the quote, when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. Christina, welcome. What a beautiful quote. How are you? 
Hi, Bonnie. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I like that Where? quote, too. I did it. <laughs> Are you a big follower of Lao Tzu, and how do you pronounce his name? Likewise, same way as you do. And uh, no, I'm I'm more of a freak of quotes actually, and and this quote is I think my favorite one. This is my personal mantra. So tell me, how does it relate to our topic today? We're talking about big data, reams and reams and reams, and probably a lot of velocity along with that volume from what Justin Vanderland told us. Mm-hmm. Big data and telcos, and you're, this is your business. This is what you do. You're in the big data in telecom or telco at SAP. So how does Lao Tzu's quote relate mm-hmm. to big data and telcos? So this quote actually really relates both to me as a person and, and to big data and tackle. So for me, this quote means to avoid getting stuck in old thinking and dare to question and challenge old truth and look ahead and not to be afraid to think and do different, basically be ready to change. I, I read an article a while ago about uh, spending time understanding yourself and the conclusion was actually that in fact it only limits you. Because once you think you know who you are, you risk shutting off new paths to who you could be. So stay open and curious. And I think that goes for myself and for people around me and also companies and industries. And I think it's especially important today as we stand on the brink to this new digital economy with massive transformation ahead of us. Um, and I think strongly believe that big data will be a major driver for that change. And I truly think that telecoms have a key role to play. So we need to give ourselves that freedom of thought, imagination, and innovation and be ready to let go of who we are in order to transform. So just thinking of telcos, you know, banking the unbanked or bringing healthcare to those mm-hmm. who have none today or being an enabler for profitable biological agriculture for the benefit of all and enabling themselves and also others to innovate for a better world. And I think that telco operators and also equipment providers like the iPhone and the Huawei's of the world, they will do so based on the worldwide connectivity of people and things that they are already um, putting in place or having in place today, but also with big, fast and small data. Thank you very much, Christina. Pleasure to meet you. And Justin Vanderland, before I ask you, you know I'm going to ask a very personal question. What are you all drinking? Where are you calling from? What time of day or after afternoon, evening is it? And uh, why, do you, why are you drinking that? Why is your favorite? But Justin, I want to do a little level setting if you don't mind, and I'm going to pick on you because you're first in my lineup. Telco, telecoms, can we just do a quick definition of what is the scope of that industry? What's included? Christina was mentioning a lot of things telcos do. I'd like everybody on the, on the, in the audience around the world to know exactly what are we focusing on here. Justin? Well, telcos traditionally uh, did telephone calls, you know, many, many years ago. And that's all they did. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, this better thing came along. Um, so it's both the mobile and fixed. Uh, so it's sort of communication services, if you like. And, and that's really, I guess, where the, sort of the core bit of the, the business still is. However, telcos are changing extremely quickly. Um, I say extremely quickly. They are changing. <laughs> and um, and uh, so they obviously offer all the IP-based services nowadays. Uh, that's hosting services. Uh, but obviously, uh, they've morphed into other areas as well. Uh, so they provide a lot of services associated with uh, IT. Um, they uh, sort of offer things like banking in some cases. Uh, they're offering uh, mobile advertising uh, and a whole host of other things. So, in fact, um, in a way, um, you know, certainly in the developed markets, 
increasingly revenues from telecoms are coming from outside of the traditional telco business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so there's effectively, they're sort of changing what they're doing. So it's a hard thing, uh, in, a, in effect, to define exactly what a telco is because they're, they're on the move. Uh, but at the core of all of this, and I suppose which, which hangs everything together, is that essentially most of their services will be delivered and will be an integral part of the services will be the communications aspect. So it's online, on demand, all those sort of uh, you know, cloud-based services which require connectivity to go and get the delivery is, is the essential bit which hangs together uh, all their different service types that they're, they're bringing together. So um, that's the sort of the core bit of the telco. Uh, traditionally, these guys would have been um, obviously national, indeed some are still national operators uh, and owned by governments, uh, but then, of course, uh, those days are pretty much past now, uh, and there's a whole plethora of different players and types which, uh, which are delivering those service types. Thank you, Justin. Good definition. Always like to do that. And now, Justin, where are you calling from? What time is it, please? And what are you drinking if it's really interesting? And if not, what are you going to be drinking later that you love more? <laughs> Justin? I love this question. So, yeah, it's, about, <laughs> uh, it's uh, just 20 past five in the afternoon for me. I'm over in the UK calling just the southwest of London. Uh, in a county called Hampshire, not New Hampshire, for those guys uh, listening into uh, <laughs> us in, in North America, uh, but Old Hampshire, if you like. And uh, after this show, I guess I might just pop along to the local pub and have a, a pint of very local beer, which is brewed about uh, five, six miles away from me, in a place called Cheriton. And they only brew up uh, batches of 10 barrels. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to one of those on a summery evening as it is over here in the UK at the moment. Lucky you. Summery evening, being able to pop into a pub. I like that a lot. I think I'm just going to jet right over and join you. That sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you. Sanjay Kumar, again, welcome back. Where are you calling from? Uh, How are things at Horton Works? And what are you drinking today? Or what are you looking forward to drinking, Sanjay? Hey, Bonnie. Um, I'm calling from uh, California, the San Francisco Bay Area, Santa Clara, our head office. It's uh, just a little after 9, I guess 9.20 or so here in the morning, and, um, you know, because it's 9.30 in the morning, I'm drinking a, an Earl Grey tea, um, although mm. I'm really looking forward to letting the day go by and, and getting something a, a little more substantial. So I'd love to maybe later on today get a, like a Blue Label Bushmill whiskey or something like that, depending on mm. how the day goes. That sounds interesting. We had a guest calling in on a, an early show like this a couple of years ago, Sanjay, who told us he, he had his morning coffee. He told us about the great cup of coffee. He said he already put a jigger of Jameson's in the coffee. It was 7 o'clock in the morning, and we just said, well, just enjoy the ride, my friend. Just enjoy the ride. So you're going to exercise a little bit of control. We appreciate that very much. Delighted to have you on. How's everybody at Horton Works, by the way? Everyone's doing great here. Good. Very excited about this topic and, and really how it's uh, affecting, you know, all the industries. It's an amazing area, but I think especially for the, um, the communication that's in media space, which is kind of an extension of what uh, Justin had talked about, uh, what we are. It's just an area that's really, we're seeing a huge amount of explosion, but it, it's, uh, it's amazing how as it grows in certain industries, it's also, you know, having more and more overlay across industries. So it'll be an interesting part of the topic we have today as well. Thank you very much, Sanjay. And Christina Giraud, I think you're somewhere in Europe. I think you're in Germany. Why don't you tell us where you are, what time is it, and what's in your cup today, Christina? Yeah, sure. So where I'm, it's just about uh, a little bit after 6 o'clock in the evening. 
Um, I'm in the south of France, close to Cannes, where we have the Cannes Film Festival actually running right now. So that maybe helps you want to put me on the map. Um, um, yeah, my glass. So what do I like to drink? I'm going to go home after this and drink my grapefruit juice. And it's not just any grapefruit juice, but it's homemade with fruits from my own grapefruit tree that grows out in my garden here in the sunny south of France. Justin, you already know so all about my tree. <laughs> we talked about it the other week. It's not a big tree, but it's delivering some four to 500 big fruits every year. What? And uh, my tree is actually my role model. It's, it's a great tree. It's the ultimate perfection of simplicity for someone like me who doesn't have green fingers. Um, um, and actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I have my tree in front of me when I'm looking for new business opportunities with big data. I'm actually thinking of my tree because I look for new innovation that is just like my tree, uh, able to deliver benefits year in and year out with just a little bit of water from time to time. So um, simplicity is luxury and so is my ideas. <laughs> Christina, I, you said your tree produces four to five hundred grapefruits a year. Yeah. That sounds like it sounds like a whole industry in a tree. It's like a like a, a magic show in a box. <laughs> very very interesting. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's that's absolutely lovely. And is the juice? Is it pink grapefruit? Is it tart? Is it yeah. is it it it's sweet? It's very pink. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, uh, those are the grapefruits I look for in my market when they're in season. I always look for the pink ones because I don't like that ooh sour, sour, acidy taste. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm going to go go out and get some pink grapefruit after the show. We're talking about, believe it or not, big data. We're on digital industries changing the game radio. And our industry of focus today is telcos, telecoms, whatever that nomenclature is for you. You know what we're talking about. We just had a great introduction from Justin Vanderland and Analysis Mason. We are also joined today by Sanjay Kumar at Hortonworks and Christina Giraud at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We have a shout out to Julie Stoughton at SAP, who I believe is on the line listening. And I hope, Julie, you're going to tweet your tootsies off because I'm already tweeting here. We've got so many words of wisdom from our guests already. When we come back, we're going to start the roundtable and Justin Vanderland, tag, you're it. You're going to kick it off with me and then we'll go around the table and see what your colleagues on the panel have to say about your topics and we'll do the same for them so don't even think of touching that mouse that app that dial we'll be right back randy aaron let's go out when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network SAP, co-innovating alongside customers, is taking its industry-specific solutions into the cloud. Join us to learn how to make the world run simpler in the cloud without missing a beat. It's a tall order. Digital Industries, Changing the Game brings together the people who are making it happen. We'll delve into very specific industry trends and also solutions that run across disparate industries, all to help your business succeed in your mission. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of a digitized world. Digital Industries, Changing the Game is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Digital Industries, Changing the Game, presented by SAP. 
Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to digital industries changing the game. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I have three panelists today, Justin Vanderland and Analysis Mason. We have Sanjay Kumar at Hortonworks and Christina Giraud calling all the way from France. We have one from France and one from the UK, and Christina is with SAP. We're going to start the roundtable right now in earnest, and I'm looking at my notes that Justin sent before the show, and let's talk about... Why big data is interesting now in telecoms. Let me just read a couple notes from Justin. He says, telecoms have done big data for some time. It just wasn't called big data. Telcos, unlike, unlike other companies, need to gather data every minute of every day on every customer interaction to ensure that they're able to operate. They need to store the data, especially billing data, store it, rate it, and present it to create bills, and on and on and on. Justin, why don't you run with this, expand it for us, and then we'll invite Sanjay and Christina to share their point of view on what you say. Justin? Yeah, yeah. So, so in a way, I mean, you, you don't speak to telcos, and particularly the, the, the guys of that my age and telecoms operators, and they'll say, like, you know, we've done big data for years. You know, we know about this stuff. Um, but in fact, you know, in a way they're right, in, a, in another way they're kind of wrong. Um, so um, historically, you know, they, they collected certain data for certain very specific uses, and, and the one that you were running through there was the billing one. And clearly, you know, in order to bill for something, you've got to gather data on every single phone call that's taken, its destination, and all the rest of it into duration. And that's no mean feat doing that. Um, but in fact, things just got a whole heap worse. Um, in a sense that uh, when this you know, data services came along, particularly, there's a whole heap of different types of data which you can then gather and, uh, and then utilize. And, and essentially, most of that gathering of that data, um, they didn't bother with. It just seemed to be you know, fairly, you know, they set the services up. They weren't too worried about what users were using it for or whether they're going on the web or indeed any of that sort of click stream which goes on today. And... Uh, they didn't really gather it. And in fact, the cost of gathering that was so immense that uh, they never thought it would be possible, really, in the, you know, in the mid and short term, to, to bother with doing anything with that data. It's just too, too expensive to store and certainly too expensive to go and process in any meaningful way. So sort of, the sort of thing that's changed, I guess, and this is why I think it's kind of interesting, is that uh, technology, you know, like Hortonworks and others are out there, particularly with you know, all the other Hadoop distributors, um, made it possible to do um, something which they couldn't do before, which is not only gather this data, but uh, analyze it in some reasonable way at a price which was uh, you know, sensible to do it. Um, and so that's sort of the breakthrough train. It was a combination of having lots of data, but also the ability to go and process it. And then that opens up different possibilities for operators um, in the sense that they can uh, look, at, uh, look at this data in a far more meaningful way than they did in the past um, and do something with it in a, in a timely manner. Now, it used to be that you'd do stuff in batch mode, and I'm quite sure that we can, we can talk about this in some depth. But effectively, just the cost and time frames of dealing with that data was just making it impossible to deal with. Uh, we touched on a little bit earlier on now, they had to use different things like sampling techniques, so you couldn't look at the whole data set, stuff like that. Um, so technology really has opened up all sorts of possibilities um, uh, that they didn't really have before. So um, 
this era of big data, so a combination of having lots of data, the ability to store it and analyze it and do something about it in a timely way, is kind of the, the new era. That's why it's interesting to telecoms. Um, and it's interesting, you know, both from an internal perspective and increasingly um, that they're looking externally. What can they use this, this for outside of their own companies? Can they actually monetize it in some way? You know, mm. Can they make it into uh, you know, advertising revenue or can they make it into insights or market research information which could be useful for third parties to go and utilize? So that's why it's kind of interesting telcos um, and I know it's going to be good for them. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Will. Well, no, it's going to be good for them is certainly a telling statement. Thank you. Sanjay at Horton Works, why don't you chime in? Agree, disagree, anything you'd like to add, Sanjay? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with what Justin said. I, I, I would say that the um, the telcos, they've, I, I wouldn't say that they've done big data. They understand big data better than other industries because of the, the massive amount of data that was out of their network. In most cases, it was just dropped and kept for very short periods of time. So, you know, what they've been able to do in the past, and this is kind of when we talk about, you know, they've done sampling and they've done some of this. They haven't been able to integrate their network information with their IT systems, their OSS and BSS systems effectively. Now they have that opportunity to assemble it together. And, you know, so instead of sampling, you know, what may be information off the network for, you know, six, nine weeks, they're looking over years. And that's something that just wasn't possible because of the volumes that they had. They're combining it with information that they have around customers on their CRM systems and billing systems. And they're also combining it with information they never had before, social media. Combining it and understanding customer sentiment from what people are actually saying right on uh, on social media, combining it with what they're getting from voice to text uh, when they call the call centers, and being able to bring it into other unstructured data that they really didn't have the ability to tap into. And so although they understand the value of big data, they really never have been able to use it. But probably part of the reason the adoption in this industry has happened greater than in other industries is because they knew that they had the ability to tap into the data and understood that it would be valuable once they were able to do it, and now they're able to do it. So we're, we're certainly seeing this, this rapid adoption to start bringing all data and not dropping anything you know, into concepts like data lakes, assemble it together, and, uh, and I think it's really interesting how they're starting to change a lot of their core you know, operational models around that. Interesting. Okay, good. Uh, Christina Giraud, join us, please. What's your thought on the point that Justin started with and where Sanjay Kumar took it? Talk to us. Yeah, I completely uh, agree. I mean, big data definitely is nothing new in telco. I mean, a telco operator can easily generate like 300 million handovers per day, you know, 700, 800 million web pages in this day, millions of events per second. And their databases today, they're sitting in the petabyte range of, of information, and you have like terabytes of data being generated every day. So, you know, the data is there, but the problem has been that it's been pushed into silos of, of data storage, and that we have not had the technology available or affordable to consolidate across all those data sources. So, that's, that's one aspect. The other aspect is actually real time, which is key in telco. And that is also not anything new. I mean, telco services have always been real-time. But big data and big data real-time correlation, pattern detection, and analytics across all that huge data universe, um, that is new. Um, 
then that is what, what the Satya's technology kind of the question is then what do you do with it afterwards what, what's the value that you can generate and that's where we're starting to see some really really interesting things happening now when we have that base technology available so applying like really real time and predictive learning and automation back into business processes and across the telco universe right, right? So across the network the services uh, and the customers. Um, that is still, I think, in many cases, Utopia, but not for very much more, um, not for long, for, for long. I think we will, we're starting to see, like, intelligent self-configuring and that works. At Mobile World Congress this year, Ericsson was showing off an advanced antenna beam tracking, tracking system where you actually have one beam per user. And, I mean, that opens up to new horizons in terms of what you can do if you have that kind of data understanding for what's going on with your customers in real time in the network across their services and their universe. Thank you, Christina. Justin, I'm going to circle back to you and see if you have any comments on what your co-panelists added to what you started. Yeah, no, I would say, of course, the one, the one thing that needs to change as well, I mean, I'd love to, love to report back that, uh, you know, um, that, the telcos have all happily taken on the big data story, which I think they probably have in their hearts. Um, but there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an effort to then actually make the best use of that. Um, it's not just a matter of having good data. It's a matter of then taking that and putting it into some form of process to actually go and, uh, to go and use it and utilize it. One of the big changes which uh, telcos have to get their head around is that you know, in order to really utilize this, this, this massive data, it has to be a far more automated approach, um, which means fundamentally kind of changing their, their business processes in, 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 uh, and relying on the data to go and make those decisions for them. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a change in the head. You know, it's a, it's a mindset change which needs to go on, not just a systems change. Um, and that is a slow-moving beast. There's, there's always examples of, of uh, and I've seen many of them, of, of how telcos are using big data in sort of instances and, and it looks quite clever, but there's still uh, a long, long way to go in this process, and it needs a uh, sort of fundamental shift really within the processes and systems which telcos have today. So um, we've just got to bear in mind that uh, you know, these things, they're, they're living in a very complex world inside the telco, and it's not simple, but there's a, there's a long, long way to go. This is, this, is, um, this is not a done deal in terms of utilizing their data today. It's the beginning of a long journey. Okay, well, long journeys are a good thing if you know where you're going, right? If you have some kind of a roadmap and maybe the data can help. Thank you, Justin. I'm going to turn to some notes from Sanjay Kumar at Hortonworks. Uh, Sanjay, here's something that interests me. You say big data is driving transformation in telecoms. Let me just read one more line here and then you can run with this. You say, as different sets of data at extreme volumes are brought together, insights that have never before been seen or were incorrectly speculated are now being discovered. Sanjay, question is, is this an aha? Is this a eureka moment? Is this a moment where they bring in legions and hordes of data scientists and they're saying, it was there all the time. We just didn't know how to read it. What's going on? So talk to me about this transformation in telcos, please. Yeah, yeah Bonnie, I, I think it was a eureka moment. Uh, I, I think it, it comes across subtly company by company, um, as they start, you know, in many cases, they start the journey just saying, hey, this is, this is great. We may be able to find a, a cheaper alternative to, to be able to store greater data. Um, 
as they start tapping into the AI, and that's where they start applying, you know, the data science and machine learning algorithms, uh, they, they discover things that they didn't realize. They, they understand, you know, things that they didn't know and actually in many cases were building assumptions around. Um, the, it, what's interesting is as you look at it from a case-by-case basis, it has, you know, profound impacts for that function. So things like optimizing the network, they found massive amounts of dollar savings or, you know, um, deferring of, uh, of costs as they start applying it to realize where their actual demands are, as they start applying it to understanding customer experience and, you know, targeting things like net promoter score. They, they really understand what are the, the factors that are affecting the experience of customers, how they're reacting to those, and how they can start interacting in a, in a more effective manner. But you start seeing this, this trend that says, well, wait a minute, these these are ongoing eureka moments that are taking place, and uh, you start, you know, what starts as kind of a, a you know, pilot initiative, you start seeing, you know, right at the senior executive level saying, hey, this is really, this is having a huge impact to to our business. How do we do this more and more? And I think what's, what's really interesting is as you start looking at those use cases, you start expanding that this really has a bigger strategic impact. It really is part of a transformation that's saying, hey, we are no longer looking at models where, you know, we have these applications and we're flowing data through these applications and dealing with how we integrate from one application to another. We're looking at models that we want to, the the data is so great, we want to start minimizing the movement of data and we want to start bringing the applications to the data. So more of a data-centric approach where as you start bringing this data together, um, you have a, a couple of things. One is different applications, which basically means different functions and groups, can look at that same data in a very different light than they traditionally had. And they, uh, secondly, it means that they're, as they're combining information um, that they never really did before, they are finding certain values that are, you know, just really changing how they run their business. So, for example, you know, in many cases, you know, one of the big things carriers do is they, they look at um, the quality of service off the networks. They look at where there's problems. How do they repair those? And they use that to, you know, traditionally gauge how satisfied the customer should be. Well, now they're tapping into what's happening on the network, combining it with what customers are saying on the social media environment on a real-time automated basis to understand what actually are the pain points the customers have and how they're, you know, expressing that. We're starting to see things like that, that, you know, this whole data-centric transformation, um, it will happen case by case with business values around each of the cases, but it is a bigger change where they're really driving their business around data and, and the value of that data as it relates to their customers, as it relates to their network assets, and as it relates to the new generation of solutions, the, the digital services. You know, well, we, we kind of touched on not just what, they can do internally, but really, what are the new generation of solutions that come out of this? Um, because in the end, um, you know, this is what Justin and Christina were mentioning earlier on, is the value to uh, to other industries, to other enterprises, uh, is interesting because carriers actually have a richer set of information about customers than those other industries do on their own customers. In many cases, more on you know, more information about customers on the retail side than the retailers do or on the insurance side than the insurance companies do or on the financial services or the healthcare. And you start looking at 
you know, how do you really leverage this information to start driving a new model? And it, it really requires a new way of thinking, but, uh, you know, from what you want to do, you know, going forward, but it allows you to see some huge values along the way, step by step. Thank you very much. Christina Giroux, love to have you comment on what Sanjay just put on the table for us. Yeah, so yeah, so I agree. This, this data-centric transformation is really huge, and it goes across the full telco universe. Um, I, I like to do another quote, Bonnie, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. So it's sure. actually, I, I like this one from Hans Vesper. So he's the CEO of Ericsson, and he's saying that digital lifestyle drives demand, ICT transforms industries, data brings new business models, customer experience and focus, and superior network performance wins. And um, that kind of sets the stage. I mean, it, it is really across everything that Telco are touching today and even beyond that. So, uh, and I, I'm not sure if I got to say that, but I think the big, big data technology is there. But um, I tend to agree with what Sandia, I think, was saying also that the, the big challenge is the mindset and the organization and, and the people. And it's not the only challenge for the telco industry. I actually had Google on stage a couple of weeks ago, and they said um, the same thing. Uh, just taking one example, which is the easiest one, so that's around the customer which has been the focus now for telcos for, I would say, the last couple of years when, when doing big data use cases. But that in itself is a huge change. I mean, we're talking about an industry that is trying to understand the customer. It's an industry that until just a couple of years ago uh, just considered all of us as SIM numbers, right? So mobile mm-hmm. phone numbers more or less. And who was using uh, BSS, so the business support system, uh, in order to run their business, and now trying to t- transform that business support system into a best, best sales and service as a new def- definition for BSS. So it's a huge change, just, just that piece, trying to get contextual on-demand predictive. And at the same time, you know, you have these new technologies coming in. The network, as we know it over the last 10, 15, 20 years, is now going into the cloud. Uh, you know, we're going to manage the networks uh, in terms of software, optimizing network functions in the cloud in conjunction with services and customers all in real time. So that, that's just a couple of challenges for us um, when it comes to big data and the people that are behind all this and supposed to execute on it. Thank you, Christina. Very interesting observations. Justin, love to have you comment on what Sanjay started and what Christina added. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, no, so everyone uses the transformation word um, quite a lot. And that's what they have done for quite a few years. There's always a transformation coming down the line. This is yet a kind of another one. Um, in, in a way, this one's probably more fundamental if you're looking at, um, Christina touched on the network a little bit, um, but the systems and, uh, and uh, you know, the, we took all these BSS, business support systems, and OSS, operational support systems, are also transforming quite considerably. Um, and again, all these things have been virtualized. So what does all this mean? Well, you know, the bottom of all this stack and everything else is that you know, these, these applications are increasingly um, using the same data pool to make uh, common decisions and sharing that data amongst those applications to make more intelligent decisions which are based on a sort of far wider data pool. So I see this as, a, 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 comparing with other previous transformations which tended to have been um, looking at sort of systems-based approaches, this is a more fundamental one in many ways that's going on. 
It's a, it's a move to a sort of data-orientated company. And at Linux, far more the uh, sort of the OTT players, the, the Facebooks of the world, if you like, uh, than, it, than it does maybe some of the more traditional sort of telecom network-orientated uh, transformations that have taken place. And indeed, as, as I was mentioning earlier on, I think the general move or to the sort of the direction in which operators are going is, is to be far more innovative and data-orientated than they have been in the past. And it is possible, and we'll get on to this later on, um, that their business, uh, the, the business will change quite fundamentally in what they're trying to offer, the sort of services they're trying to build, um, uh, looking, you know, looking at it from a sort of data-orientated uh, perspective. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real game-changer, this, in terms of how they approach their business and potentially changing their business entirely uh, so it's not just a sort of systems transformation, which historically has been um, you know, the sort of the, the nomenclature or the meaning of the transformation word when used with telecoms. So there's a, there's a, there's a real change going on within the environment. Um, it is, as I say earlier on, it's early, it's early days, but I think it's, uh, it's quite, it's quite uh, fundamental in terms of its, uh, its approach. Thank you very much, Justin. Uh, Sanjay, quickly, any comments? I want to just poke at one topic from Christina because we're just about at the time where we need to do our crystal ball predictions round. But Sanjay, anything you want to add to what your co-panelists shared? Yeah, yeah, Bonnie. I, you know, just um, to kind of reiterate what they've been saying. But you know, this is this is really a transformation. One that we, you know, we've talked about transformation in the past. This is one that fundamentally changes what they do and how they do it. And it, it does mimic more the Internet giants that have been kind of um, spearheading, you know, these new approaches to, to models in many ways. Um, it, it is one that doesn't just um, end with how I gather the data for insights. It really has to go on to how do I deploy and execute on a real-time basis those insights. So I, I really need to drive these actionable intelligence. So I, I, whether it's to associate to understanding and driving next best action of customers, to, to driving activities around more of the real-time optimization of the network, or these new analytics types of services, it really is holistically changing how they, they run their, their core business. Thank you very much. Christina, I want to just cover one thing here. We're going to make our predictions 30 seconds each, so we'll be very short. Christina, you mentioned in your notes, everyone is looking for the big data silver bullet use case. Uh, anything you want to share with us? Just so I can give you about a, about a minute and a half to talk to us. Is there one? Does it exist? Is it coming soon? Yeah, so I mean, that, that's kind of the, the, the number one question every time we're sitting down and discussing between customers and partners. And I, everyone is, is asking, you know, where do I start? Big data is there, right? So where, where do I start? And I think one thing that we are starting to look into uh, together with some customers is around using big data for profitability management, which is still very much uh, a challenge to telco operators. They're heavily leaking uh, revenue um, every year, um, both on what they already control, but there is also uh, services that they don't even have revenue control over. So that's one area that, that I think a couple of us have identified as a potential golden nugget for big data. Um, so helping telcos to move from AR to use, so average revenue producer into average margin producer, um, uh, helping them to move to that kind of next-gen 
profitability assurance and using big data uh, to do that. And it's a safe investment uh, with immediate return on whatever you put in. There are hundreds of millions of euro in, in leakage today, right? So that are immediately ready for, for us to, to go after using big data science and, and data analytics and doing so in real time. Uh, which also enables uh, fraud user cases like I think you you um, and also Justin touched upon uh, in the beginning. Thank you, Christina. Great. I wanted to make sure we got that in. Justin, we're going to circle back to you. I can actually give you each one full minute if you talk fast. I know that's an oxymoron, a fast minute. So I'd love to have you look ahead. I still love the year 2020. It just sounds so good. 2020. Oh, that was Barbara Walters. Justin, uh, 60 seconds. Tell me, look into the crystal ball analysis, Mason, and tell us what do you see that will be different about this topic if we met again? Big data, telcos, telecoms, the whole landscape, the value of big data, what they're going to do with it, how they're going to analyze it, how they're going to leverage it, what use cases are coming up. 60 seconds predictions, Justin Vanderland, go. 60 seconds. Okay, so in terms <laughs> of the relevance of COPIC, absolutely, in, in four years' time, they'll still be still be rolling it out. So I think I've got to bear that in mind. I think in terms of the terminology, I think the big data nomenclature will probably disappear within a, you know, a few years' time. It'll just be known as data. Everyone will have the mm. same darn thing, you know, so... That ain't going to change. Will it morph into something else is a more interesting question. Um, well, we'll wait and see. I, I, I can sort of foresee uh, the beginnings of four years is not that long in telco speak, okay? Four years is, is, uh, is a couple of long projects, and that's about it, and some transformations can easily take four years. Uh, and this is a fundamental one that's likely to. Um, I'm looking at potential of actually this new business scenarios, you know, fr- the free telco, um, you know, the opera, op, you know, they're relying entirely on uh, that data to be served up and sold in the same way as at Google and other OTTs do. There's a possibility out there, and maybe in four years they'll be looking at doing that. Hmm, interesting. I like that. I, I've heard that before that we won't be saying big data anymore. I wonder how many other buzzwords in the nomenclature will go away. Do you think it will help everybody say, well, we're talking about our data. Oh, we got volume and velocity. We got a lot of data. Will they want to go back to big data, Justin, quickly? What do you think? Will, will they miss that big factor to talk about how important it is? What do you think? I don't think they'll miss it. They'll be using it. It'll be, it'll be an intrinsic part of every single system they're working with. So, yeah, it'll be big data. It's all relevant. It's not going to change from that perspective. But I think the name big data, nah. It, it'll, it'll just be just data. You know, I think it'll just, just be the thing that everyone uses all the time. Just data. Everybody, you heard it here first. Justin Vanderland, Sanjay Kumar, Hortonworks. I can give you, oh, take 60 seconds and make them fast. Predict. Sure. Um, so I, I think we're going to see that movement to that data-centric model on most companies. Um, that's just going to be a standard, and, and we won't need to say big data. We'll just say data or data-centric models. Um, I think where we're going to see some interesting new things is we're going to see, you know, cross-industry ecosystems. So we talked about, like, views of the customer from the telco's perspective, but we're going to start seeing where, you know, in a, in a, a way that nobody's losing privacy, we're going to be able to share across industries. So that as you look at a, you know, the customer's view, it's really across, you know, their telco activities, their financial services, retail utilities, insurance, healthcare, um, all in a protected manner that no one actually gets a chance to see things they don't, but being able to present more to customers. And so we're going to see these new kind of, um, kind of super ecosystems being created um, that are really driven by data and the protection of that and governance of the data across there. 
Thank you very much. You kept to your 60 seconds. Christina Giroux, exactly 60. Talk fast. Go ahead. <laughs> Cheers. So here's my take. We invent new technology and then we use it to reinvent ourselves. It's always been the case from the thing that so much has through to today. And I believe that in a few years out, we are no longer in the upper world of nicely designed sidewalks that we're opening closing a couple of hundred times per day. But we will have everything into the true big data era of cognition, computing, advanced artificial intelligence and automation of both our businesses, societies, and, and life. And that future is already in the work. Uh, it takes the skin for uh, itself, for instance, with transitions and bobbing into giant touch screen. Just imagine that. And mind control will be really cool, bringing computer interfaces. That is currently only in research labs and startups, but in the future, we will see neurological input commands to different software. Gary, cool. I'll leave you on that note. Thank you, Christina. It's time for us to close this party. Thank you, Justin Vanderland at Analysis Mason, Sanjay Kumar at Hortonworks, Christina Giroux at SAP. Shout out to SAP underscore Telco, who's been tweeting some of the words of wisdom. I put a lot of tweets out there, so if you want to know some of what was said on the show, hashtag SAP Radio. Follow the action. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you so much. And a shout out to Petra Benning at SAP, who sponsors the series, and to Randy and Aaron at the Business Channel at Voice America for getting us on the air and keeping us there. So here's my call to action, and you already know what it is, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Shout out also to Christina for putting together a great panel. Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern with Coffee Break with Game Changers, Business Lessons for Women Entrepreneurs Part 3. You don't want to miss this one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Digital Industries, Changing the Game, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.